You're listening to Case 63, a Spotify audio series. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. For the record, Case 63, October 27th, 2022, polygraph test. Examiner, Dr. Julian Silva. Ready, Julian? One sec. And ready. Thank you for your cooperation in this polygraph test, Mr. Reuter. Is this normal procedure? You do this with all your patients? No, very rarely. I'm going to ask you to stay still. Oh, you make me feel special. In the future, we don't have devices that detect lies, so either the human race is on a path of technological regression... Or maybe they eventually realize that these don't work at all. What does it detect, Doctor? Galvanic skin response? When someone lies, there are subtle variations in blood pressure, heart rate, and respiratory frequency. Are you comfortable? You mean with these electrodes stuck to my arm and chest? Yeah, yeah, I'm comfortable. Okay, we're going to ask you some calibration questions. What's today's date? Today is Thursday, October 27th, 2022. Can you please name something? An object you can see in this room. Well, I see you, Dr. Knight, not wearing your lab coat for a change. She's wearing a white blouse. I see this room, a metallic table, a mirror on the wall where I'm guessing there's a camera recording me or someone watching me. And I see you, Dr. Silva, watching that little needle as it scribbles away on a piece of paper. Let's move on. Now I need you to tell me a lie. A lie? Okay, I do not know you. Dr. Knight. Julian? We can begin. State your name? Peter Reuter. What year do you come from? You really like that question. I come from the year 2062. Could you tell us, please, something about your life? It doesn't, doesn't matter if it's something you've already told me. I don't want to bore you. Something specific in mind? How about the most important thing that's happened to you in the future? When I was 20 years old, I had a girlfriend that taught me to love classic No, some, something more concrete. Uh, an important event. Well, it's like asking me to summarize the 20th century. There's good things, there's bad things, there's transcendent things. So there are good things about the future. Of course. People are fanatically devoted to childcare. A lot more ecological consciousness. The concept of a woman being raped or abused or even discriminated against is inconceivable. Same thing with racism or white supremacy is... Strange concepts. All these isms have completely lost their meaning. But before that, lots of bad things. Bad things I haven't even told you about. Tell me. October 2023. There's a world economic crash. Banks tank. Civil unrest. The Pegasus pandemic spreads. In 2030, there's the Berlin purge. What might be the darkest moment in our history. It all started in the 20s, which is what's happening now. Pandemics and lockdowns, which are forcing everybody to stay behind screens. 
According to my father, it all started with good intentions to punish racists, rapists, corrupt people in power that had long avoided justice. They were all judged by social media, and it worked. The masses generated a spontaneous and organic opinion or agreement on who the enemy was and who the vulnerable were that needed protection. They began to pay special attention to history and started knocking down symbols of an unjust society. In 2027 or 28, everything began to get complicated. This concept starts going around. The egregore kind of hive mind made up by millions of users which took it upon itself to police people's behaviors and even their thoughts. Art, certain books, some plays that were seen as veiled critiques of the movement are simply canceled. They start to persecute those who don't agree with the egregore, those who begin to warn that the egregore is an out-of-control totalitarian entity with no control and those who don't want an anonymous collective taking over the justice system. By the end of the 20s, traditional justice systems just didn't have any meaningful authority in the eyes of most people. Being marked by the egregore, being sanctioned is the only thing that carried any real weight. But inside the egregore, there were those who questioned whether they should have that power. They were ousted, of course, and soon citizens were being subjected to random searches as they tried to root out anything that might even resemble dissent. It's a time of great persecution, cultural, religious, and scientific. Anyone who's marked by the egregore immediately loses their job, their family, their reputation, and they're expelled from society. A lot suffer violent aggressions. A system of castes is developed. The pure, the doubtful, the cancelled. This leads to a downfall of critical thinking. Film, theater must all be deemed worthy by the egregore. If they're not validated, they're marked and destroyed. The museums are ransacked. Research centers are burned. Philosophical and religious collectives are prosecuted. Everyone collaborates with the egregore to inform on their enemies. I grew up with the, the fear of doing something incorrect. Even silence and not participating on social media was a sign of dissidence. I was only nine at the time, but I did know people who took their own lives because they thought the egregore would mark them. You, you mentioned the, um, the Berlin Purge. What is that? An inflection point. Dark day in history, Saturday, May 11th, 2030. The egregore brands, judges, and condemns a group of clandestine Buddhist students. A mob burned down the building where they were meditating, 132 dead. Lots of children. Lots of young people. The international arms of various social media websites were cut off. Egregore is shut down. But the damage is done. And the pendulum swings towards individualism. And this all started in... Uh, I'm so sorry, I'm, I'm writing this down in... Um in 2030? 2035. Should I go on? Please. Wanchia. That's another event. When? It's pronounced Wanchia. Okay. Is that, um, is that a place? A Where is that? A game. It's a virtual reality game called Wanchia, where people spend a great deal of their life. They work, they have partners, it's a peaceful, addictive world where there's no poverty or injustice. A lot of my friends, stressed by reality, made the decision to go down to Wanchia. 
thing is, after the great deletion of data, they were brought back to reality abruptly, and they never got used to it. All right. Um, how about one more? Can you give us one more historical event, something, something big, something, something meaningful? The most transcendent of all, I was 19, changed everything. What is it? Mars. You mentioned Mars before in our, in our first or second interview. The Martian colony made a discovery on August 6th, 2042. Joanna Flores and Andrew Blake make history. The first settlers? No, no, they were third generation. We set foot on Mars in 2031. Flores and Blake's discovery was in 42. They found the mother structure. A progenitor civilization, a city buried underneath the sands of Mars. Aliens. It's a bit more complex than that. Our ancestors. Irrefutable proof that we are not alone in the universe. Although... We already did know that from declassified files the Pentagon released. Well, excuse me, when in, was this? In uh, 20... Actually, next year. Actually, 2023. Next year? Oh, yes. But, well, it turns out that, you know, a few boring documents confirming what conspiracy theorists have been yelling about for years didn't exactly turn the world upside down. But finding a 50,000-year-old civilization on Mars? That's a different matter. That... That shook us to the core. What happened after, um... After, after that discovery? The mother civilization, as it came to be known, that changed everything from philosophy to science. It all got turned upside down. But the most important thing, thanks to the discovery of mother, we developed our theoretical knowledge of time travel. And that's why I'm here. Something wrong? I think we're good. Thank you very much, Mr. Reuter. Uh, please wait outside. Sure. Thank you, Mr. Reuter. Did I pass the test, Dr. Nate? We'll talk later. Excuse me. It's very odd. It is. That's why I wanted you to hear it. He also knows private information about me, things he has no way of knowing. What do you think? So, according to the polygraph, he's telling the truth which leads to two possibilities. One, he's floridly psychotic. Or two, he's lying and has been trained to pass polygraphs. There is a third possibility. <laughs> Eliza. D oh, didn't you hear him? How can he make all of that up without hesitating? Because he's a great liar. No, but Julian... And he did hesitate, just once. See the spike in the needle here? Yes. I asked him to lie, and he said he'd never met you. That was the only time he lied. Yes, but we, we asked him that. We asked him to lie. Then it's true you know each other? Well, he's my patient, Julian. I think you should be careful around him. This man knew you, knew things about you. And Eliza, I, I think you should drop this case for your own safety. He knew you, knew things about you, specific things about you. Case 63, created and written by Julio Rojas, adapted by Mara Velez Melendez, directed by Mimi O'Donnell, starring Julianne Moore, Oscar Isaac, and Kelly O'Coin. Executive produced by Julianne Moore, Oscar Isaac, and Mimi O'Donnell, produced by Katie Pastor. Sound design and mix by Armando Serrano and Daniel Brunel. Score by Moat. <laughs> <laughs>